Welcome to Innovation at the Edge, a podcast dedicated to bold ideas that will build a more sustainable and resilient world. We interview global thought leaders and discuss what's new in innovation and share insights for both entrepreneurs and corporations to build more agile and resilient businesses. Tomorrow's low-carbon and all-electric world will be created by both disruptive entrepreneurs and large corporations. And this podcast provides advice to both on how to scale their ideas. And uh, very often, the business model that companies tend to adopt is the wrong one. So there is the right technology, there is the right business, there is the right uh, customer need. But the, the business model that uh, links these two things together is a real key. And it's the one that is very difficult to find more than anything else. Hi, everyone. I'm Emmanuel Lagaric, Chief Innovation Officer at Schneider Electric, and I have the great pleasure to have with us today Francesco Venturini. He is the CEO of NLX, one of the most innovative companies in, in energy these days. You will hear about who Francesco is and, and what they do exactly at NLX uh, in a minute. Francesco, welcome. Hello. Hello, everyone. Sometimes you and I joke that we actually have the same job, you at NLX and me at Schneider Electric, and, and it is not always an easy job, a lot of fun, right? Uh, but yeah, a lot of uh, fun. Writing the new, writing, the, creating the new businesses, which sometimes are there to disrupt the old businesses and definitely are different, is <laughs> definitely not, not, not easy. For, for those who are not completely familiar with NL, NL is probably one of the most innovative companies in the energy world today. And, and of course, NLX is the main engine of that innovation. Many, many utilities and, and companies from other industries are just trying to replicate and, and copy what NL has started and trying to re- replicate the formula of NLX in Europe, in the US, and in many parts uh, of the world. So it's what you guys are doing is, is becoming a bit of a of a template for, for many, many companies in this energy transition. So back to the innovation. Anything you're especially excited about these days? Any project or any, any technology or business model innovation that NLX is, is working on and you can share where you see a lot of potential? I think that you touched two very important points in, in your question. You, you, you talked about technology on one side and then you asked about business models on the other. I think that uh, out there, there is tons of technology. Maybe sometimes I think there is too much technology and this is um, a waste of resources and a waste of time, especially for the people who, who need to adopt it. So uh, artificial intelligence, IoT, robotics, automation, I mean, you name it, there's tons of stuff. The real problem is how do you use this technology in a value, a creative way, a creative for your customers uh, and obviously a credit for your company. As we know, I mean, in the market, there is always, uh, you know, demand and offer on the, on the other side. I think that demand responds very easily uh, to, you know, satisfying uh, customer needs. If you have something that really can satisfy the customer needs, then the product uh, is very likely to have success. On the other side, in terms of offering, there is tons of technologies. But these two things, so offering and demand, are tied by or are linked by the right business model. So the real problem is how do you how do, you do the, uh, the matching between all the technologies out there and uh, the uh, customer need? But uh, that matching uh, uh, is not supposed to be, at least in my opinion, one-to-one. I mean, it's not because you found a perfect machine to, to solve that um, particular customer need that that product will have success. You need to be able to offer it, to market it in the proper way. And uh, very often, the business model that companies tend to adopt 
is the wrong one. So there is the right technology, there is the right business, there is the right uh, customer need. But the, the business model that uh, links these two things together is a real key. And it's the one that is very difficult to find more than anything else. I believe that sometimes, uh, actually not sometimes, very often, a lot of companies, especially in the energy space, also because we do not have that retail slash customer-centric culture because we are energy companies. I mean, at the end, we sell a commodity and and, and, and people need that commodity. So it's a strange kind of product in a very uh, regulated market. So we are missing that in our DNA. But generally speaking, my focus when, when I look at NLX is how are we going to go to market? I mean, what is the business model we're going to adopt? Why will we be winning customers against the competition? Because, I mean, as NL, as NLX, uh, we don't really make uh, many products uh, ourselves. We uh, traditionally coming from stemming out of uh, a utility. We are, we are very good system integrators. So we take different pieces, we put them together, and then we need to be able to go out uh, and conquer the market. Any new project you're working on, uh, or you're about to launch now at NLX, or you have launched recently? Well, I'll give you a few examples. I mean, more, more than any, first of all, probably what I should do is, uh, is, is give a, a short description of, uh, of what NLX is and what it does. NLX is a company that is actually a company at the same time as a business division within NL's portfolio. And, and it's a strange division, meaning NL has uh, generation, distribution, retail of the commodity, so we are organized in, uh, in, in, in six global business lines. Three are customer segments. So we took everything that we had, we selected what we really believed in, and uh, we are located in three different boxes, B2B, B2C, B2G. And the three verticals are immobility, financial services, um, and ultra-broadband, fiber optics, so following the wholesale, uh, wholesale model. So... The three different segments are based on one core product. And from that core product, we started journey. We are trying to build a customer journey, starting from that core product, then develops an environment, an ecosystem around it. Three years ago, we started to invest heavily in, in immobility. Our objective is to electrify transport. So that's why we needed a vertical. We needed a vertical because we wanted to make sure that we had the right hardware out there. And uh, if there was not right hardware, we were going to make our own hardware because we believe in the fact that uh, the hardware needs to be connected and it needs to be the, we, we need the right software because with the right hardware and the right software, then we can exploit in the future those big batteries on four wheels that are circulating on, uh, on our streets. So big focus on immobility, financial services, because we have uh, 75 million meters out there. So we are using our electric bill to sell uh, insurances, to provide financial services already to our customers around the world. With 75 million uh, meters, uh, you need to realize that uh, we are providing energy to almost half a billion people every day. So there is this humongous portfolio of customers that uh, are buying already financial services from us in many countries around the world, and we decided to leverage uh, on, on this. And then finally, ultra broadband. That's, that's a different uh, 
adventure. But uh, to make a, a long story short, uh, everything is originating from the fact that uh, we're very good at pulling wires. Yeah, there are electric wires, but then that is, it's not exactly fiber optic. But then at the same time, we're talking about, uh, again, being able to pull in wires in the right way. Now, going back to your questions, uh, am I particularly excited uh, about uh, something new? I'm particularly excited about a couple of things. Number one, the big cultural change that we need to make in this company to be cost competitive around the world. We are competing with uh, the um, traditional side of the business in everything that we do, and I've just described, but we're also competing with the big tech giants that especially in the B2C segment, but not only, are the ones that, especially in this very strange COVID-19 period, are dominating the market. So the big thing that I'm excited about is the fact that we are trying completely to change the culture in NLX and trying to platformize them, our business. If you want to be cost competitive, you need to build an operational platform that allows you to, especially in our case, that need to be competitive in the retail side of the market, which is not regulated and we are competing against everybody. We need to be cost competitive Number two, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about uh, different things that we are doing around the world, but uh, e-mobility is usually the one that is more fascinating for, for everyone. And the concept of, of flexibility is always in my mind, and I believe that uh, electric systems in the future will need more and more sources of flexibility to deal with renewables. So all the developments that we're making uh, in terms of vehicle-to-grid integration are astonishing. And uh, astonishing in, in the way they are providing new services. But from there, from trying to understand how you integrate a vehicle into the grid, I mean, in all the studies that we're doing on the technology side, then we're starting to discover so many things um, on the customer side. So, I mean, how people are, are using in a, in a completely different way our uh, public charging points uh, or private charging points, how the concept of charging is completely changing their habits uh, in the way they use, uh, they, they use their vehicles. And from here, so the combination of the technology and uh, the combination of what the customer needs are, here we see a lot of new services and, and new concepts coming out. The fact that uh, you need at least 20 minutes sitting uh, in a car to have it fully recharged, I mean, those 20 minutes are important. Now you can spend those 20 minutes playing with your phone, playing with uh, you know, the dashboard in your car, or doing something else. And I think that that, that something else is, is going to be somehow relevant, especially in the world that we're in. And we, we are working on it, and uh, I think that you will see different things coming up uh, in the next uh, six, nine months. Amazing. So, and what you see is that, and this is probably one of the reasons why NL is, is ahead of many other companies. You have understood that what well, this new decarbonized electric world will require a lot of digital technologies, right? So, you, you, this is why probably you have your platform strategy here. In this very strange year we are going through with the COVID and the crisis, in that Energy transition, have you seen changes, things that have accelerated? For instance, I would assume that your flexibility business must be doing relatively well these days. 
But also, as you said, you see big tech companies starting to look at energy as a, we don't know exactly what yet, but as a, probably a market they would want to, to play at some time. So to play in at some time. Any specific change or any comment on this very strange year we are going through? Well, uh, I mean, obviously I have uh, several comments regarding the strange year in, in general, but I mean, when, when we... Uh, we focus on on the business. Uh, I have to say uh, probably two things that are, are relevant at least to me. Number one, when I look at um, end of the year results, uh, because of the fact that um, NLX, uh, which is uh, a very small baby, I mean, we, we were born just three years ago. So we are, we are making our first steps into the uh, uh, digital technology. But the fact that um, we focus so much on digital has been enough uh, to secure our results for the end of the year. Actually, NLX is probably going to close 2020 with results that are uh, much better, much, much better than budget, which if you compare it to the traditional business and the impact that COVID had, especially on the, uh, on the industrial sector, you know, it's pretty amazing. Probably COVID didn't do anything else other than accelerating this transition I think that very often we talk too much about energy transition. We, we tend to forget about the digital transition, which is instead, uh, as we know, uh, fundamental in, in our lives. And uh, I'm happy that Schneider is essentially taking, uh, taking the same path and having a very strong uh, strategy in that field too. So that's one. So I think I, I see a, a very strong acceleration and uh, thankfully this is um, improving our results um, in 2020. And at the same time, I believe that the energy transition instead is, uh, is a great opportunity to do what, uh, what's needed the most right now, which is to uh, reignite uh, the economies around the world. These uh, past nine months have been a disaster for most of the economies, uh, especially uh, in Europe. I mean, they've been hit very hard. If you are in the digital world, uh, I mean, there is a great opportunity. If you are uh, in the energy transition world, uh, I mean, there is a good opportunity too. Uh, and Alex is lucky enough to be involved. We'll try to uh, definitely leverage on it in the next month. You will try to leverage that, that energy transition and that acceleration of the energy transition. And, but many other companies, we see a lot of uh, oil and gas players now who basically want to to become greener and want to invest in renewables. And there are sometimes when you observe them, they are doing what you did like 10 or 12 years ago, right? Someone could, could do this. So do you think they are going to be a relevant player in the energy transition, this electrification of the world and greenification or, or not? Or, what, or do, do you see them as future competitors, for instance? Well, I mean, it, it depends what you mean with uh, future competitors. I mean, if we're talking about electrifying the world, I just had uh, a, a couple of hours uh, presentation with the guys at Bloomberg, uh, New Energy Finance, and uh, we, we were looking at their uh, forecast uh, for the next 20 years and how, see, how they see uh, things changing. They essentially have two scenarios, what they call the base scenario, I would say the plausible one, the one that they really believe in. And they, they're essentially saying, look, I mean, renewables are going to grow exponentially in the next, uh, next years, but it's not going to be enough to electrify the world. And then there is another one, uh, which for them was, uh, you know, the, the, the impossible one, but the one that we should aim at, 
if we really want to have an effect on climate uh, in in this world. And uh, in that case, I mean, you you would need uh, you know trillions and trillions of euros or dollars of investments in the next 10 years. And probably there is not even enough equipment and uh, human resources to follow that path. Why I'm saying this? Because I think that if you look at the energy space, if you really need to electrify the world, there is enough, uh, enough room for, for everybody. And honestly, I mean, it's, it's, it's still such a regulated segment that uh, uh, if people are following the rules, I don't see any reason to worry about the, the, the fact that there are going to be new entrants in that space. So if we focus on that, there is, there is room for everybody. Completely different uh, is if we try to replicate the uh, utility model and if we are trying to get into the new services. If you want to be a utility, by the way, uh, you need to distribute the energy, so you need a grid. It's very difficult for an oil and gas to convert unless they start buying grids uh, around the world. But in that case, I mean, it wouldn't be really competing. It would be just, you know, going out and, uh, and do what uh, utilities have done for, uh, for centuries, almost two centuries. Yeah. I see so many oil and gas companies today just focusing on renewables. Yes, tons of room, but not enough. So either, either they, they go out and they go shopping around and, and buy utilities, or it's going to be difficult for them to, uh, to really grow in, the, in this space. But when you're going into services, uh, I mean, I, I go back to what I was saying before. Either you have, uh, let's call it uh, a valuable, real business model, or honestly speaking, I think that they are going to just uh, replicate the same mistakes that we made in the past, that a lot of utilities made in the past. I'll give you an example. I see so many oil and gas companies just buying companies that start up or even, you know, mature companies making charging stations and then installing those charging stations at gas stations. And with that, fighting or wanting it to, to participate into the new world of electrified transport. I mean, personally, I don't, I don't believe that, uh, I mean, applying all business models to the world that is changing, I, I don't think that it's going to be successful. So you need to realize that the people are not going to charge the car sitting at a gas station without a bathroom and without something else to do. I mean, that's just, that's just not going to happen. I mean, yeah, maybe it's going to happen at the beginning, but I mean, they will look for, uh, you know, places that can serve something at the same time while uh, they're charging their car. So I'm not really concerned about uh, those players in particular. I'm much more concerned about uh, those players that can adapt fast, experiment, uh, and try to sort out what the, the best solution is and inject the level of digitalization that is needed uh, to create uh, that customer experience that uh, customers want now because they are so much used to the Netflix, the Amazon, and so on, that they want it uh, to be replicated in every aspect of their life. Any startup or company you would, you would highlight, highlight uh, one of the startups you are working with because you're working with many, many startups with your, with your lab that you think can really bring that, that new value or can bring these new services? Well, to name a startup here would be like you know, committing suicide. I mean, the day after, probably, I would have uh, you know, tons of sharks going around it, trying to figure out what to do with it. 
we are not a company that injects any equity in startups. Either we buy them because we we think that they need to be integrated as business model in what we do, or usually we go with commercial agreements. We want them to grow, to grow their product, but I mean, to then to integrate it in our offering more than anything else. I think that what NL has learned in the past 15 years was that you know injecting equity and then having to deal with the startups was not our job. I mean, it was not in our DNA. We're not a venture capital firm and we don't know how to do it. So we, we, we failed a lot, too much. And it was a humongous waste of resources, not just financial, but also in terms of, you know, having to, to manage these companies that have a completely different mindset from the one we have. So we are not, we're not doing that anymore. We are scouting for startups all over the world. The objective is try to understand what's going on in those ecosystems and trying to figure out something that makes sense related to what's needed. But it's very important that they focus on the business that we're in. Again, as usual, I mean, there are, there's tons of stuff going out there, tons of new techs. You need to make sure that it's something that can fit in, in, in your business model. So we are very open, very much monitoring everything that uh, makes sense. And if we find something that makes sense, it cannot be too early stage. We want, we want a product, something, a service, something that we can test and we can buy. And then, uh, I mean, if it's appropriate, uh, you know, strong commercial agreement. And we try to leverage on the big customer base that uh, NLS and uh, make sure that it's successful. Sometimes we have success in doing this, and sometimes we don't. But uh, at least uh, we know where we fail. We try not to replicate the mistake um, over and over again uh, in the future. And then generally, I would say, and uh, if you look at the results, you're generally successful, right? So you may fail a few times, like, like, like all of us, but you're generally basically creating the future of energy and, and with, with NLX and all the initiatives you've, you've launched. We are open, as you are open, to, to any kind of initiative if it's value creative either for the customer or for, for our companies. And I think that that's the right attitude. And that's, that's the big commonality that Schneider and uh, NL have, have together. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. And then and, and your point, I also I like a lot your point on what it isn't applying only a new technology without applying the right business model to it. And your example of how the oil and gas companies are looking at EV charging is a good example. You have to have the right business model for the right technology and, of course, responding to a customer need. But sometimes people just forget things which sound like common sense, but you just have to apply them and apply them successfully as you usually do. Francesco, any last word of conclusion before we leave? Not really. I mean, I think that what both NL and that are trying to do is uh, they're trying to provide uh, in the many things that we do, by the way, because we are, we are working for big groups and, and uh, there, are, there are different focuses. But one important one is uh, try to satisfy our customer need uh, of understanding how they can be sustainable. We keep hearing about the sustainability concept, uh, the decarbonization concept, uh, and the uh, circularity concept, uh, all fantastic stuff. But then, I mean, so many companies out there come to us, like they come to you and say, okay, I heard you. I understand that I need to, some, to do something different. How do I do it? 
And I think that that's exactly where our two companies can play a very important role because we understood what um, being sustainable, what decarbonization, what circularity mean, and we can provide solutions to our customers, helping them in driving through this transition. So I, I want to highlight the fact that not very many companies think in this way. They don't focus enough on the final objective which is helping the customers in this journey through the energy transition. Well, Francesco Venturini, CEO of uh, NLX, thank you very, very much for your time. It's always a great pleasure to, to see you. I hope we can have the opportunity to, to see each other face-to-face -face soon and share a dinner. It's been a while. I wish you all the best for, for this, uh, the rest of this very, very successful year for NL and for NLX in particular. And thank you once again. For, uh, for what you do for the energy transition and uh, for taking the time to, uh, to chat with us today. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for listening to Innovation at the Edge by Schneider Electric. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. If you like this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. For more information on the Innovation at the Edge program at Schneider Electric, go to se.com slash ventures or follow us on LinkedIn. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be undertaken as financial, economic, legal, business, tax, or investment advice. The information, statements, views, and opinions should not be construed as the provision of advice by Schneider Electric or as an offer to buy or sell any products or services or to make or consider an investment or course of action.